You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. morning, I want to share a little bit of a vision that the Lord gave me. Um, you know, uh, the name of the scriptures, I've made room for you. And that's the word of the Lord. He's made room for us. And I just want to share a little bit about that. I always tell the Lord, I'd love to have a nice, simple Christmas message on Christmas Eve. And he's like, that's good. You know, <laughs> but I never get one. I'm like, don't you know what time of the year it is? And then I pitch a few stories to him. He's like, hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. But uh, he has something in mind for us. And uh, we just want to press into what he has. But really, every day is a Christmas message. Jesus Christ was born for us, right? So um, I had this vision this morning uh, as I was just, I got up early so I could spend some extra time. And I had this vision of just kind of going through these translucent colors. They weren't tangible. They were spiritual colors. And as I made my way through, you know how car washes have those rags that wash your cars you push through? Well, that's what it was. It was, it was spiritual. It was not tangible. And as I went through uh, on the other side of it, uh, there was a throne and one that was seated like the throne, like it says in the word, one that's seated like the throne. But it wasn't a throne room experience like what I've had. It was, uh, you know, Jesus was sitting on the throne and the whole area was clear. There was nothing around. And, you know, I'm, I'm coming in. And as soon as I hit that room or that space, I become very childlike. It's like I'm, you know, it's like six years old again. You know, it's just the wonder and the awe of, of going in there. And um, so I'm looking, but I don't really know what to do. And he says, come up and sit beside me. Well, there's always like a little chair there. It's not, you know, it's like a, it's like a little child's chair sitting beside a parent. So I'm sitting there and he's like, I want you to see the way I see things. And I'm like, okay. And um, I'm sitting there. And like I said, it's a big, open, empty arena. It's just huge. And, but I'm like, there's nothing there. So I don't know what I'm looking for. I'm, I don't know what I'm looking at. And uh, <laughs> it's funny because he, all he said was, I have made room for you. And sometimes he gives me words that I know are very personal. But this morning, I knew that this word was for us. He has made room for us. And I, I asked him, I said, well, what does that mean? And he said, I have made room for you. You know, I'm like, and? And then he says, I says, okay. Uh, and he says, I have made room for you to move. And I said, I still don't really understand what that means, Lord. I, I don't really understand what that means. And he said, I have made room for you to do what you do. There's an open space, no hindrances. You have room. I said, okay. And as soon as he said that, Genesis 26 popped in my mind about Isaac where the Lord made room for him. 
And so I want to read through that a little bit and just talk about what the Lord was showing me. Then there's a little end piece that I want to, I want to give us to hold on to as we move into 2024. So we're going to start in Genesis 26 and verse 1. Don't you love it when God talks to you and you know he's telling you something, but you don't actually grasp what he's saying to you. You just, you hear the words and you're like, this is great, but you don't actually know what this is great is. And we know that things unfold as we go. We know that God doesn't give us the whole picture, but uh, he gives us just enough to capture us and stir a hunger in us where all we want to do is be near him so we can receive what he is giving us, right? So uh, Genesis 26, verse 1, it says, there was a famine in the land. Now that's important for us to know as we talk through this. There's a famine in the land. When there's a famine, that means that there is not enough, that things have dried up, that there's not enough to eat. There's, there's not enough to go around. So there was a famine in the land. It was the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abinelik, king of the Philistines, in Greer. So I, Isaac has gone someplace to look for help in this famine, right? And the Lord prepared him to say and said, do not go to Egypt. Live in the land which I shall tell you. Dwell in the land and I will be with you and bless you for you and your descendants. I give all these lands and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham, your father. He's telling Isaac, don't go anywhere else. I want you to stay where I've put you. Sometimes when there's a famine in the land, we're looking for some other place to go. And God wants to give us provision where we are. Verse 4. And he says, I will, make, I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of the heaven. I will give your descendants all the lands. And in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my law. So we also are living under our Abrahamic covenant of multiplication. That we are to multiply. That we are to possess like Abraham did. That we are to be fruitful and see the abundance of the Lord in our lives. So if you ever need anything to stand on, just go back to this and stand on it. Lord, your word says that you will multiply us. You will multiply us. And that our descendants are going to multiply and take the lands. So Isaac went and, and dwelt there. And I'm not going to go through the next section. Isaac ends up giving Sarah to King Abimelech. Now, this is an interesting thought because Abraham, I mean, not Sarah, Rebecca, his wife is Rebecca. Abraham gave Sarah to King Abimelech in his time. Isaac gave Rebecca to King Abimelech because he was afraid. Fear overwhelmed him and caused him to make a decision that could have changed the course of the anointing and covenant that God made with him. 
Sometimes fear drives us to a place that God did not call us to. And God has to intervene on our behalf in order to clean up the mess that we've made. And so Abimelech realizes that Rebecca is not his sister. It's actually his wife. And Abimelech is upset. He's like, why did you do this to us? Because Isaac's sin could have had dire consequences to Abimelech in his kingdom. He said, why did you do this to us? And he said, because I was afraid. Fear caused me to do something I shouldn't have done. So keep that in your mind. That is why Abraham gave Sarah away. Because he was afraid. And you think about Abraham, Isaac, there's a generational thing that needs to be broken there so we don't repeat the mistakes of our ancestors and bring them into our future. So even as you ponder over this, just make a note, Lord, is there anything from my past history that needs to be broken so it doesn't go into the future or into my future generations? That's a, that's a side note. It's still good. Yes, it's still good. Verse 12. We're going to skip down to verse 12. It says, uh, so, well, let me, I'm sorry, let me go to verse 11. It says, so Abimelech charged all of his people saying, he who touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Then verse 12 says, then Isaac sowed in that land, in a land of famine. He sowed in that land. And reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. You know, one thing new, it is newer for me that I'm learning, is sowing into what you're looking to reap. And I've known that in a, you know, in, in general, but uh, one, of, one of my clients always talks to me about sowing into new, they, if they're looking for a new employee, then they sow a seed for that new employee. If they're looking to expand, they sow a seed for expansion. And uh, the Lord's been talking to me about looking for a hundredfold for 2024 and to sow a seed into the hundredfold. So that's something for you guys to be praying about. This isn't an offering sermon or anything like that. But I want you guys to be praying about because I believe it's a hundredfold blessing season that we're in. But God is encouraging us to sow into that hundredfold. And what does a hundredfold, what would be a hundredfold? Last week we did like a faith walk around. If you weren't here, you can watch it on YouTube. But what we were declaring the word over where we were looking for our promises to be revealed. And God is kind of showing us in this whole scripture with Isaac about considering sowing a seed into a hundredfold blessing that you're looking for for 2024. It can have a name on it. It can have a financial position. It can have whatever you feel like is is uh, supposed to be. And it can be sown into different things. It could be sown into the gathering. It could be sown into the shepherd center, into human trafficking, whatever you feel like God is calling you to do. But I, I do want you to consider that. So Isaac sowed in the land of famine in order to have breakthrough to where God had positioned him. God told him, I don't want you to go here. I want you to stay where 
I have placed you. And he didn't even say, I want you to sow a seed into it. But Isaac sows a seed in order to reap. A hundredfold blessing. That's good, isn't it? Then, this is what happened. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. So do you think he did well? He didn't just prosper, but he continued prospering until he became very prosperous. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. When God is blessing you, there's going to be people who envy you. There's going to be people who are going to try to do things to discourage you. If God is blessing you, there's someone out there, including there can be other people within the body who are jealous because of your blessing. The one thing we have to learn as a people of Christ is when other people prosper, we should celebrate their prosperity, their miracle, their health, all those different things. Because when we celebrate, it opens up our heart to receive too. That is like a sowing, to be able to sow into people like that. So, but instead, the enemy was mad. Doesn't take much nowadays to make the enemy mad, right? Verse 15, it said, Now the Philistines had stopped up the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. They had filled them with earth so they couldn't get any water. Water's the wellspring of life. Water's the thing that keeps the famine from growing. If you don't have water to water your crops, then you can't break the famine that's over your life. Is there wells that have been stopped up that are keeping the spirit of the living God from watering what you have planted? And these are all questions to ponder. I don't have an answer for that, but I do know what the word of the Lord says about it. So we, we will go to that. But uh, so he has the enemy which has filled up, filled up the wells. And verse 16, it said, And Benelik said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you are much mightier than we are. Then Isaac departed from there, and he pitched a tent. And I'm, I'm going to just give a little bit of a summary of this. So he pitched a tent, and he began to redig the wells of his ancestry. When you redig the wells of the anointing before you, then you're able to tap into something that's been saved for you to step in. Sometimes we, if we've had even, uh, actually was sharing about how she had had a, a difficult childhood. Sometimes when we've had things that are not settled from our past, we cut off not only the bad part, but also the good part that was meant for us to build on instead of, reinventing the wheel on. Think about your grandparents and your parents and what did they carry that you're supposed to be living in a greater measure of not starting over with. We don't cut off our line because of hurt we cut off the hurt and let the line of anointing and blessing come on through. Amen. Right? Amen. Because everybody carries something from the Lord. 
And whether you receive the fullness of it, I was just thinking about my parents the other day, and I've shared a little bit of my, but um, my mom carried so much favor. She could walk into any place and people would just want to give her things. Let me give you a car. What can I do for you? Anything. I mean, she just, you know, uh, she just, she just carried favor. People wanted to serve her. And, um, and my dad carried such a, uh, a heart of, uh, uh, generosity and ingenuity toward people. And sometimes, especially because I told you a little bit a couple of weeks ago about my dad, sometimes in those broken relationships, we cut off everything about them. In fact, when I got married, I actually dropped my last name. I did not keep it as my maiden name. And about, I don't know when, maybe 20 years ago, I don't know when, the Lord said, I want you to go have everything that you have changed and put your maiden name back in it. Because I'm going to restore what was cut off from the line of your father's side in order for you to receive the fullness of where you're supposed to go. You can't receive it if the well is stucked up. If it's if the well is, what is it called? Stopped up, stucked up. <laughs> I have my English people up here that kind of help me through the words. <laughs> but you can't receive if you've stuffed the well of the oil that you're supposed to get from the Holy Spirit to carry it forward into your life. You've got to be able to separate what was unhealthy and what was not good for you from what, the, what God had intended for you to fully receive. That's hard. Anyway, so think those are th these are things to ponder on, okay? These are things to ponder on. So he goes through this process of trying to dig the wells, right? His servants are digging the wells. They have a, a well called quarreling because they, he dug the well and they began to quarrel over it. You know, they're fighting over every well he digs, which means if they're fighting over it, Isaac is moved on, which means that's not where you're supposed to be if you can't find peace in where you're trying to dig, Right. Because if you can't find peace, if there's quarreling, if there's fighting, if there's demonic activity over it, and the Lord doesn't give you victory through it, then it may not be the place you're supposed to stay. So he is going through all of these wells. And then finally he digs a well. And it's verse 22. It says, he moved there and he dug another well and they did not quarrel over it. So he called the name Rehoboth because he said, for now the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in this land. Isaac went through a lot in order to find the peace. He even prospered in the middle of aggravation, in the middle of people who didn't like him, in the middle of people who irritated irritated him and were jealous and envious of him he still prospered but in that prosperity he had to find the place where the Lord had made room for him to settle and in this season God is calling us to take a look around and know that God is making room for us to settle room for us to move into what we're supposed to do room for us for a greater even the testimony that pastor Karen shared that the birthday present the Lord gave him is to take 
her, his hand and to go with him to do the greater things that Jesus had promised him to do. It is room. There's room for the greater things. One of the things that I've been asking the Lord for is an increase of signs and wonders and miracles. I, I feel like it is a time of expansion for those things. We've had signs We've had miracles. We, we've had them. But I'm asking the Lord to increase, to make room for us to have more, to let us be known as a place that people can come to encounter the Lord, to receive their miracle, to get their healing, to have a full restoration, just as Ashley testified, of what the Lord has for them. I'm asking for us to be a hub for that. That when people say, where would I go? People say, go to the gathering because you will get it there. You will get it there. You will get it there. I'm asking for more. I'm asking for the Lord to make room for us to have that, to have more of that. So Isaac found a place where the Lord made room for him. In all of its prosperity, sometimes we feel like we've got to have everything perfect before we're going to prosper. We feel like that everything has to be in such and such and such and such. Well, that's the way we feel like because intellectually we're trying to figure out if I have all of the pieces of my, of my chessboard moved in the exact location, then God can move. But God says, I can move whether you have it all together or not. I can move whether you give your Rebecca away to a pagan king I can rescue that and still move on your behalf so you can prosper and continue to prosper and even be more prosperous than you were before. I can move in spite of what you do. I have made room for you. I have made room for you. I was just thinking about, I've got three words that I want to just give us for uh, coming uh, 2024. But I was thinking about Joseph and Mary going to the inn and not they not having room, right? But God had room for them. God had room for them. So no matter what that circumstance looks like, God's made room for us to accomplish what he's given us to accomplish. In the midst of the chaos and the confusion, he's got room for us, right? So here are three words for, uh, for this room message. Uh, he'd given me these. Um, I'm like, okay. That in stepping into the room that he's made for us, we need to be purposeful. Purposeful. And to pur be purposeful means that we are full of determination and intent. We've set our foreheads like flint toward God. And we are purposeful in our action, in our intention, and in what we're going to do, and in our determination to complete the process, regardless of what it looks like. Isaac was determined. He sowed in a time of famine and prospered. We could even say our economic times is a time of famine. But God can show us how to prosper 
when no one else is prospering. That's what made the people who didn't know him envious. Because they were like, how can you prosper when this is not a time for anyone to prosper? Because he had a God who promised and fulfilled a promise that he'd given him from the very beginning. Okay, being purposeful, being productive. Being productive means having the power of producing especially abundance. So we don't want to be productive in just enough. We want to be productive in producing abundance. Yielding results, benefits, and profits. That's what being productive means. And the last one is prosperous. So we're going to be purposeful. We're going to be intentional. We're going to be productive. And what we've intended to do, we're going to complete and produce an abundance from it. And we're going to be prosperous. We're going to be successful and have economic well-being and enjoy vigorous and healthy growth, good health. Third John 1-2, beloved, I pray that you will prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. And we're going to be flourishing. So we're going to be purposeful in what we do. If what we do doesn't have a purpose in the Lord, then we're not going to do it. We're going to be productive in all that we do. And what we produce will bring abundance. And we're going to be prosperous, meaning that we are successful and flourishing in our economics, in our body, and in our soul, right? So those are our three words for today, for really for the rest of the year. And I wanted to just read over this Ephesians 3.20, and I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation. Because I want to talk about one other thing that puts the three P's together. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you. Right? And accomplish all of these things. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest expectation. Now, let me just ask you something. How many wake up in the morning expecting God to achieve infinitely more than uh, you had yesterday? That you're, you wake up expecting, God, I am fired up. I'm up. I haven't had my coffee yet, but I'm ready to go. So I'm expecting that you will provide infinitely more than I ever could imagine. That's our declaration in the morning. We wake up even before we get out of bed. God, I am expectant of you today. Because you've promised and you will fulfill what you've promised. Because your word says that you will do exceedingly abundantly more than I could imagine or dream. Now, think about your wildest dream. And he's going to do exceedingly abundantly more than that. But in the everyday, if we wake up with an expectation that he's going to meet us through the day and surprise us with the things that he has his very best for us then we will receive. If we have no expectation, then we're not going to get anything. 
We have to be intentional. We have to be engaging. We have to look at the Lord and say, Lord, this is your day and it's going to be good. And I can't wait to see how it's going to unfold. I can't wait because you've got things for me that I can't imagine. And it's not necessarily material things. It's not necessarily, you know, the wonder in the sky and the heavens open up and the angels are singing. It is the goodness of God that is providing things, that is interrupting things that would interrupt us. Because I've stayed on track, Lord. I've stayed on track. I've been, I've been looking for you to move. I've been purposeful and intentional in my thoughts. I've been productive in my action. And I've been prosperous in everything I've done. So I'm going to read the rest of this. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request your most unbelievable dream and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. I'm constantly energized. I'm constantly energized. That is my new thing. Now I lay my hand on my head. I read the word out loud in first person. I read Romans eight uh, yesterday. I just read it out loud. And it's so interesting when you start reading the word as if it was written with your name in it. And when you read it and say, God, I never doubt that your mighty power is working in me. And you're accomplishing all these things. And that you will achieve more than my greatest expectation. My most unbelievable dream. And I have some unbelievable ones. That you will exceed my wildest imagination. And you will outdo everything because your miraculous power constantly energizes me. Try it. Go through Romans 8 and begin to talk about it in first person. The presence of God is so strong when we personalize the word in us, right? Amen. Okay, I'm going to ask you guys to stand. I want to pray over you. But I'm excited about today. I'm excited about tomorrow. I wake up excited. Now, I will tell you that. I can't help myself. But I'm just excited that God has made room for us to, I was looking at Diana, to step into something. Now, Diana didn't tell you the whole story. She has thought about this being part of law enforcement three times in her life. One, when she was a very young mom. Uh, one, about maybe 10 years ago. About six years ago. And so those, those two, the two times... The door wasn't open. The room wasn't made. And then suddenly the room has been made and everything she did, just like with Isaac, had so much favor on it. And one of her physical challenges, you know, they, they make them all get out and run and jump and do crazy things. But she outdid the candidates that were 20 years younger than her. She outran them all. And we'll have an opportunity to pray over Diana before she starts. But just think about that. You know, there was, 
it, was, it exceeded the wildest expectation of her heart. And she didn't give up from when she originally started to six years ago. And then suddenly God said, I've made room for you. I've made room for you. I've made room for you. And um, three months, short period of time, suddenly. And everything's just come into a line. So God is making room for us to step into those type of things. So let's just pray. Father, I just thank you that there's room. You've made room. And even if we've got an abenolict or two in our closet, Lord, you have redeemed, restored, and put us back in a position where we can reap a hundredfold. So God, we just thank you that you've made room for us and that there's plenty of space for us to grow, even in a time of famine. We don't have to worry about the famine of the world because we have the abundance of our God. And so Lord, just thank you for the hundredfold blessing and thank you that uh, where our enemies envy, our God protects. And that favor drips off of us. So, Lord, we just look forward to celebrating you these next two days and being uh, just in the awareness of the reality of what you did in order for us to become a new creation in you. Oh, Lord. Just the wonder of that. And we look forward to the room that's been made for 2024. And how we will see things happen beyond our wildest imagination. And even as one breaks through, it opens up the way for the rest of us to go behind. So, Lord, there's been a breakthrough. And we're going to step in to the wonder of that breakthrough in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.